Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. The Commonwealth Education Blueprint is the result of a group of organizations and individuals representing the many faces and facets of public education who collaborated to develop a statewide vision plan for the future of public education in Pennsylvania. Phase one of the Blueprint project established a comprehensive vision in several strategic categories. The final phase of the project is near completion and has focused on distilling the vision of phase one and simply put, to provide a roadmap to how to get there, to reaching the desired outcomes. It combines the visionary elements with practical, specific recommendations to impact public education in the Commonwealth. Our guest host for this episode is Heather Massard, PSBA's Director of Policy Services and Project Lead on the Blueprint Initiative. She will be talking with David Hutchinson, 2019 PSBA President, and Mike Fascinetto, who is the immediate past president, and both of whom were part of the committee driving the vision and the development of the Commonwealth Education Blueprint. Joining me is PSBA immediate past president, Mike Fascinetto of Bethlehem Area School District. The Commonwealth Education Blueprint project was really initiated under Mike's charge. So Mike, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and what sparked your interest in developing the Commonwealth Education Blueprint project? Sure, I'd be happy to. So I have been involved with the PSBA board since about 2015. And from 2017 and 18, I served as the president of the organization. And during that time, I really wanted to sit back and kind of take a look at where we were headed. Uh, We've had a lot of great initiatives. We've provided a lot of services to members. But could we really kind of leverage some of our our knowledge and expertise to figure out what public education was going to look like way out in the future. And at the time, we had talked about 50 years out. What was it going to look like? What was it going to feel like? What were the students going to be doing? Would there even be schools and traditional classrooms as we know it today left? So that's kind of the the basis of where we started, just wondering what it was going to look like and how we could really work to kind of tilt the ship and steer in that direction. Because as we know, anything that happens in in public education and involves you know, the legislature and, and long-term plans, it's not anything that happens overnight. So we thought, what better way to do it than to kind of put out this snapshot, this blueprint of where we'd be in 50 years, and then we could have some time to work towards it. There was certainly quite a goal that you laid out, and, and I really feel like we did everything that we could to move towards that goal and have really been, you've been instrumental in this project. So let's take a step back and tell me a little bit about why you're so passionate about public education and really what your current role is in public education. Sure. I really had no prior experience in public education. I went to private school as a kid, and I got involved in my local school board here in Bethlehem back in 2008. There was a vacant position that was open, and I thought it would be a good idea to get involved. Uh, I had one young child at the time, but knew there was some more on the way and thought, what a, what a better way to become involved in the community than to really support the local public education system. And that kind of sparked my interest. Uh, I was not appointed to that vacancy, but I came back and ran in 2009, and I've been on the board ever since, and I've served as president for nine of my 11 years so far. So it's really been an incredible opportunity. Uh, and you see the power of public education, the opportunities that we have to influence the next generation of people uh, that are going to grow up and support our community and become the leaders, the doctors, the lawyers, the mayors, the politicians, and the laborers who really build and support our community. 
So no better place than public education to work on that mission. And that's kind of where the goal of what's it going to look like long term. How are we going to figure out what we're going to do? Because we can't just wait. The world changes so fast. Technology changes. The things that have come and gone in my district over the past 10 years, uh, there are too many to count. So to really have that long-term plan and look way out seems like a great place to go. And we certainly had a, a large number of people who are willing and interested to kind of jump on board and help us draft that initial blueprint. Right. Well, I will attest to the fact, Mike, that you are certainly a passionate advocate for public education. And as you said, we really had a lot of folks who dove right into this project. So when everything first started, how did the group go about deciding who's going to be involved in this project? What did that process sort of look like? Sure. So the initial conversation we had with the governing board and then kind of our internal committee of PSBA was who can we bring on board? Because we didn't want this to be just a PSBA document. We didn't even want it to be a PSBA document. We were going to take the lead and provide some staff support. But we knew that if this was going to have any kind of teeth and really have any credibility, that we had to hear from all aspects of public education. So we decided that we needed to hear from principals. We needed to hear from administrators, certainly board members. We brought in finance people, charter school people, PIAA, higher education and community college folks, uh, and really anybody that we could think of that had a stake in public education. We had teachers at the table. We put surveys out and surveyed community members and parents and focus groups. And that kind of, it really took off from our, our initial thought of who could be involved. But what we knew at the time, going way back to June of 2017, was that we wanted to have as many people involved from all aspects of public education that when we put out this document, people would say, yeah, I was a part of that. My voice was heard, and this really represents all the groups that were involved. Thank you, Mike. And I think you're right. You did a phenomenal job at bringing all those voices together. I mean, we know the over 70 school entities who participated in person. So we really got a broad diversity of participants here. So as we took all of that input, what sort of themes developed? Were there any? Were there common threads? Did people reach that consensus? So as they developed those strategic categories in the blueprint, what really seemed to stick out? What were the categories that people felt strongly about? Sure. One of the things that we heard from the focus groups we had, the work groups of our steering committee, and of course the survey that we put out statewide, we heard a lot of people wanted to know what student-centered learning was going to look like. What was personalized learning? It's been a buzzword that we've heard for a long time. But we know that students are more engaged when they have technology in their hands or in their classrooms. They're more engaged when they play an active role in their learning, when they feel like they're kind of being creators of their own content and guiding the direction for their learning. And we knew that that was going to be an important part of what public education would look like when we looked way out in the future. Because as technology increases, as we become more dependent on devices, and they become more part of our daily lives, we knew that they would be good ways to be involved in the classroom, to become a part of regular classroom routine. And sadly, that's not the case in every district at this point, uh, certainly in Pennsylvania and all across the country. Is we, still have, we still deal with bandwidth issues. We deal with lack of technology in some schools that in our more poor urban districts trying to figure out how we can have that student-centered, personalized learning in every classroom, no matter what the classroom looked like, whether it was a traditional room where we had 20 students gathered around a teacher, or it was 
out of the community, out in the workplace, at the career and tech centers. However, public education evolves over the next 30 or 40 years. We knew that students had to be at the center of it, and we had to get away from that kind of focus of the old-fashioned teacher in the front lecturing and really put the students at the front of their own learning. That's great. And I think as we roll out the final report, people will really see those recommendations and really see that vision. That That's certainly our hope. So, Mike, how do you hope that the Commonwealth Education Blueprint will be used? How do you envision people using this final report? Well, when we released the Phase 1 report, it got a lot of public attention, and a lot of the groups involved were proud to say, look, we were part of this. We have our representative here in the book, and I think people took it to heart. But that was just the first step. And while it was a good document, it did not go nearly as far as this final report will. And I'm really excited that I think we had such a broad range of people involved, that so many people, so many organizations, and even individuals, community members, teachers, uh, higher ed, everybody that was involved will see it and say, I was a part of this. I feel this represents my vision, my organization's vision. And when we have that, we have true buy-in. And I think that means that people can take it. They will take it to heart. They'll take it to their board meetings. They'll take it to their local legislator. They'll take it to an advocacy day on the Hill, and they'll say, look, this is what we, the people of the Commonwealth, came up with. And I feel that this is a document that, with some updating over the years, really can have a long life, and it can be at the forefront of any discussion when we talk about what do we want to do? Should we make these decisions? Should we make these changes? Should we invest money in this particular initiative or technology? I think we have a document that a large number of stakeholders in Pennsylvania have stood up for and put their effort in. And we can say, if it's in this document, then it's something worth advocating for. And if it's not, then maybe we should take another look and see how we can kind of tweak it and change it to more align it with the views of really a broad snapshot of everybody involved in public education in Pennsylvania. So I'm really excited about the future of this document, what it holds, and I think we're going to keep seeing it pop up for years to come. Thanks, Mike. I agree. I have the same hope for this document. So do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share about the project overall or, the, or anything specific in the blueprint? Sure. I mean, certainly I want to thank everybody that was involved. We kind of came out with this initial dream, and it wasn't very clear where we were going to go or how we were going to get there. But from the very beginning, from the first ask that we made to different stakeholder groups and individuals, we had people ready and willing come out to Mechanicsburg, out to the PSA office on several occasions, took time off of work, out of their busy schedules, to really be involved. And I think one that speaks for the importance of what we are trying to do, and it also speaks to the fact that they know that when the organization, PSBA as a whole, is involved, we're going to put together a quality product, and we did not disappoint there. So I just want to thank everybody who was involved and gave up their time to really put their personal stamp and their fingerprint on this, that it really is a document for everybody, and it goes far beyond just our organization. Well, thank you, Mike, and thank you for your leadership, for your vision, and propelling this whole project forward. It's really just been a phenomenal experience for so many people, and we're really excited to share it with everyone. So thank you. Thank you. It was, it was a great pleasure to go through the process, and I'm really happy with where we came out, and I can't wait for people to see it. Providing a different perspective is 2019 PSBA President David Hutchinson of State College Area School District. David, could you please tell me a little bit about yourself and what made you interested in the Commonwealth Education Blueprint Project? Uh, for sure, Heather. Thank you. Um, I've been on the State College Area School Board for about, oh, 16 years now, but I've always had an interest at the state level. I was fortunate that I got introduced 
with to PSBA fairly early on, and so I've been active for a number of years in the organization. And this is really aligned with the fact that I think uh, we need to think about uh, public education more broadly than just our own individual school districts. And so this has been a great opportunity for me. Um, I became interested. Uh, we had, well, I guess, about three years back now. Um, I came in just a couple of minutes late to a governing board meeting, and Mike Fascinato and Nathan were discussing the, this idea they had over coffee about this idea of creating a vision for what public education might look like in Pennsylvania. I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And so I've been I've been engaged from the very beginning. This I think this is a real passion for me. Excellent. Um, I love people who share my passion as well. And I know that you and I share a passion for public education. But would you tell us our audience a little bit more about what your passion for public education is? Well, not to be overly simplistic, but it's really our one best shot to prepare our children collectively for the fact that they're going to be running the world in five or 10 or 20 years from now. And so it's really important that we pay attention. We only have them for a limited time, you know, 12 or 13 years or maybe a little bit more than that. And to make sure that we're using that time effectively and that we're really intentional about giving them the skills that are going to be useful for them and then indirectly useful for us as well because we're going to live in that world. So, um, and just one thing I'd, I'd add on to that, which I think is so much aligned, but we sometimes lose sight of it, is that the original concept of public education was articulated by guys like Ben Franklin some time ago, and his was about, we have this idea called a republic, a democratic republic. But you need people that are skilled in the, in the art of democracy in order for that to be effective. And so his idea was, we need public education to prepare our children for running that democratic society. And um, I think it's important that we integrate those two ideas, which uh, we've discovered are not at all inconsistent with one another. Well, thank you. So let's talk a little bit more specifically about the project and, and our goal and some of our areas of focus we've talked about within the project are really to promote whole child development, uh, focus on social, emotional well-being. So tell me a little bit about the participants in the Blueprint Project. What were their backgrounds? What was important to the group as a whole? Well, because of what the goal of our our project is, it was so important that we get as diverse a group of people in the room. And uh, and this really speaks to the fact, one of the, I I probably should have mentioned this at the top, the idea that to me, one of the big goals of this project is to get a consistent vision for what education ought to be, and even more than that, to regenerate enthusiasm for the very idea of public education. We spend a lot of money on that. We put a lot of resources and time into it, and you know, back when I was uh, in school, the vast majority of families had children in school, and so they were naturally invested, and that's not the case anymore. And so I think it's really important that we remake the argument for why public education is worth all the time and money that we put into it. And I'm very aware of the fact that this is a big expense that we have. So it's so important that we get a diverse group of people, that we get all the major stakeholders involved in this, uh, that it's not just some big idea that we say, well, this is what we think we're gonna do, we try to impose on it, because we really have to generate public enthusiasm. And you're not going to do that unless you have your educators on board, uh, unless you have your business leaders, your community members, families, all these people have to be, yeah, this is a good idea, you know, and, and people may disagree about the details, but in terms of our general direction, oh yeah, I, th- I can support that. And so that's why we have teachers, we had administrators. I mean, it's so, you can't do this 
And that's the teachers think, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, school administrators, directors, parents, community advocates, business leaders, charter school members, uh, representatives from higher ed. It was important to have all those people at the table. And so I think it was really um, a good insight that we made sure that we did that. And we had over 70 different school entities represented in, in our initial stages of developing this. That's fantastic. I really do feel like we made an effort to include everyone and all of those voices, and even through the statewide survey process to include the student voice, which Absolutely. we were all very passionate about. So looking at this project as a whole and the future of education that we agree we're both so passionate about, how do you hope the blueprint will be used? What is the sort of ultimate goal for how the Commonwealth Education Blueprint will be used? Well, I think one of the big points is that uh, really hoping this becomes a focus of conversation, make it part of the public conversation uh, that will be shared with school districts and their communities and legislators and education associations and higher ed and really anybody, which ought to be everybody, uh, that's interested in public education. Uh, start a conversation. We know it's not going to, everybody's not going to say, oh, read it the first time and say, yes, let's all do that. So we have to get people talking about it. And I think that's probably our first and biggest goal. And, and alongside of that, I think the other big goal is, uh, we're really to the, one of the points I was making earlier, is, is um, working as much as we possibly can to get everybody on board and, and uh, reach out. You know, we, ha we tend to operate in our isolated silos. Uh, higher ed has its own silo, and the teachers have their association and school board members. Sometimes we don't talk to each other very well, and so we have to somehow get past that dynamic. Absolutely. Is there anything else, any final thoughts you'd like to share with us about working on the Commonwealth Education Blueprint? What was that experience like for you? Uh, it, was, it was an outstanding experience. Having the opportunity to work with other people who are so passionate about public education, um, well, what could be better than that? So one the, other, the, the point I want to make about this is that I think there's a recognition from all of us that this is not a short-term project. You know, we've kind of set the foundation here, but now we're going to try to build on that foundation. And so... I think I'm going to wait, you know, as much as possible, I'm going to uh, still participate in this and, you know, and try to make those connections with people from other parts of diverse perspectives. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. So um, I'm not done yet. I don't think any of us are done yet. Right, you know? right. I think we all are hopeful that this vision continues and that this is just the starting point for a continued vision that we all just keep looking forward and moving forward with. Okay. So I can, if I had a parting thought here, I think I'd go back to, to, to the, um, the Ben Franklin idea. And, and just to, I'm gonna, I keep putting this out there, hoping that, that the idea will begin to catch on when we talk about some of the core things that you mentioned about social emotional learning. And for years we've known how important in the modern age, critical thinking and the communication skills and the ability to work with other people and be creative, how important all those people are for the skills that our students are going to need in the workplace, but they're also civic skills. That's also the skills that lets people work with other people to solve real problems. And I think because we've gotten away from that focus, we don't really, we've forgotten how important that really is. And so these things, it's not like it's a separate thing we have to do, it's all the same thing. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending a few minutes talking about this project. And we really hope that all of our listeners will engage with the final report of the Commonwealth Education Blueprint. Thanks so much. Thank you, Heather. 
This podcast is produced by the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Listeners, I encourage you to go to our website at keyedradio.org for more on today's discussion and for past episodes covering a wide range of other education-related topics. This is Annette Stevenson saying thanks for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.